Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Sure enjoy hearing from some of you along the way. And uh, last few weeks in a row, it's been really amazing uh, at the Village Chapel's worship service in person. Almost every week now, somebody's come up to me and said they were visiting relatives in town, and they're from out of town, and they listen to the podcast, or they watch uh, and worship with us uh, online uh, each and every Sunday. So uh, very encouraged by that. And even to the point where some of them will mention one of the books that I've read from here on the podcast. And man, this one in particular, I've heard uh, multiple people say, um, a reading from Abide in Christ has really meant something to them. It's a 19th century classic by uh, Andrew Murray. And uh, there are 31 chapters here. It makes a great one month solid devotional. If you're uh, interested in getting a copy of Abiding Christ, I'd highly recommend it. This day is day five that I'm going to read for you today, and it's titled, As You Came to Him by Faith. He begins with Colossians 2, 6, and 7. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, abounding in thanksgiving. Andrew Murray says, in these words, the Apostle Paul teaches us the weighty lesson that not only do we first come to Christ and are united to him by faith, but by faith we are to be rooted and established in our union with Christ. Faith is as essential for progress in the spiritual life as it is for the spiritual life to commence. Abiding in Jesus comes only by faith. There are earnest Christians who do not understand this, or if they accept it in theory, they fail to apply it to their life. They are zealous for justification by faith alone, a free gospel, the totality of our life of faith settled in our first acceptance of Christ. After this, they think everything depends on their diligence and faithfulness. They may firmly grasp the truth that the sinner will be, quote, justified by faith, end quote, but they have no comprehension of the larger truth that, quote, the righteous shall live by faith, end quote. They've never understood what a perfect Savior Jesus is, how he will do each day for each sinner just as much as he did the day that sinner came to him. The life of grace is always and only a life of faith. And in the relationship to Jesus, the only duty, daily and unceasing, is to believe. Because believing is the channel through which divine grace and strength flow out into our hearts. i got to read that last sentence again. I think it's really great. The life of grace is always and only a life of faith. And in the relationship to Jesus, the only duty daily and unceasing is to believe. Because believing is the channel through which divine grace and strength flow out into our hearts. The old nature of the believer remains evil, sinful to the last. But each of us, by coming every day to the Savior to receive life and strength, can bring forth the fruits of righteousness to the glory of God. Therefore, Paul says, quote, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted in him, established in the faith as you came to Jesus. So abide in him by 
faith? How does faith relate to our abiding in Christ? Look back to the time when you first received him. Recall the obstacles that stood between you and faith in him. There was your guilt, your sin, which appeared beyond the promise of pardon and love. There was a sense of weakness and mortality. The strength to surrender and the trust to which you were being called were beyond your reach. And of course, there was the future. You were sure that you could not remain faithful to Christ, sure that you would fail him. And so the prospect of being a disciple of Jesus seemed doomed to failure. These difficulties were like mountains in your way. How were these difficulties removed? Simply by the word of God. The word was compelling. You came to believe that despite your past guilt and your present weakness and your anticipation of failure in the future, Jesus' promise was nonetheless sure. He would accept and save you. On that word, you ventured to come to Jesus and you found that you were not deceived. Jesus did indeed accept you, did indeed save you. Let me read that sentence again too. On that word, you ventured to come to Jesus and you found that you were not deceived. Jesus did indeed accept you. He did indeed save you. Now apply this experience to the question of abiding in Christ. The temptations that keep you from believing are many. You face the shame as you think of your sins since coming to Christ. Perhaps it was too much to hope that Jesus would receive such a sinner into perfect intimacy and the full enjoyment of his holy love. You face your sense of personal weakness as you think of how persistently you have failed to keep your promises to God. You tremble at the thought of responding to Jesus' command, abide in me with a promise. Yes, Lord, from today forward, I will abide in you. You face the vision of love and joy of holiness and fruitfulness, which we are assured flow from abiding in him. And the vision renders you still more hopeless. You know yourself. How can you hope to attain it? Why set yourself up for disappointment? A life fully and holy, that is W-H-O-L-L-Y, abiding in Jesus must not be for you. Andrew Murray responds, but take a lesson from the time you first came to the Savior. Remember, dear soul, despite your past experience, despite your feelings, even your sober judgment, you were led to take Jesus at his word and you were not disappointed. He did receive you. He did pardon you. He did love you and save you. You know it. If Christ did this for you while you were still a stranger to him, an enemy to grace, won't he do at least this much for you now that you are his own? Won't he keep his promises to those he loves? Listen to his words. Abide in me. Ask the singular question. Does he mean it? The answer we find in his word is as simple as it is sure. By his almighty grace, you are already in Christ. 
that same almighty grace that brought you to Christ will enable you to abide in him. You became partakers of grace by faith. By faith, you can enjoy the continuous grace of abiding in him. What exactly do we have to believe in order to abide in Christ? The answer is not difficult. First, believe what he has said. I am the vine. It's the strength of the vine that makes possible the safety and fruitfulness of the branch. Got to say that again. What exactly do we have to believe in order to abide in Christ? The answer is not difficult, says Andrew Murray. First, believe what Jesus said. I am the vine. And Murray goes on to say, it's the strength of the vine that makes possible the safety and fruitfulness of the branch. In fact, reflect first on Christ as the vine who holds you fast, nourishes you, and makes himself responsible at every moment for your growth and fruit. Take time to truly know this, to truly believe this. Christ is your vine. You can depend on him for all you need. It is, after all, the vine that holds the branch, not the branch that holds the vine. Let this truth from Christ fill your soul with assurance. Then you can reflect productively on your role as a branch, your duty to abide. Ask the Father by the Holy Spirit to reveal how glorious, loving, and mighty is the Christ in whom your life has been placed. It is the faith in what Christ is more than anything else that will keep you abiding in him. A soul filled with great thoughts of the vine will be a strong branch abiding in him with confidence. Occupy your mind with thoughts of Jesus. You can believe him, so do believe him. Mm, They're so rich, isn't it? So encouraging couple more paragraphs. It's worth it. Once you can say with great faith, Christ is my vine, begin to reflect on the idea that you are his branch. You are in him. I speak to those who say they are Christ's disciples, and I cannot too earnestly press on them the importance of exercising their faith by saying, I am in him. Say that. I am in him. Him. Declaring it, meditating on it, makes the abiding simple as I remind myself that I am in Him. I see that there's nothing between me and abiding in Him, only my consent to be what He has made me, to remain where He has placed me. Mm. I am in Christ. The simple thought, prayed with care and truly believed, removes the illusion that there is a there is first something to be done. No, I'm in Christ, my blessed Savior. His love has prepared a home for me with himself. His power has been dedicated to protecting me and holding me close. If I will simply consent to be protected and held, I am in Christ. I have now nothing left to do but to say, thank you, my Savior, for this wondrous grace. I consent to be in you. I yield myself to your care. I abide in you. Such a faith will work out all that is implied in the abiding. The Christian life entails a great deal, watchfulness and prayer, 
self-denial, striving, obedience, diligence, all of that. But all these things are possible for one who believes, Mark 9, 23. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, 1 John 5, 4. This faith pays no mind to the weakness of the creature, finding instead joy in the sufficiency of an almighty Savior. It makes the soul strong and glad. It gives itself up to be led by the Holy Spirit into an ever deeper appreciation of the Savior God has given to us. Emmanuel, the infinite God with us. By this faith, we follow the leading of the Spirit from page to page through the blessed scriptures, seeking simply to find nourishment and life in each revelation of who Jesus is and what he promises in accordance with that scripture and its promise. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. 1 John two twenty four. By this faith, we order our lives according to every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so this faith makes the soul strong with the strength of God to be and to do all that is needed to abide in Christ. And then he asks this closing question. Do you desire to abide in Christ? Only believe. Believe now and always. Turn to God and in humility and childlike faith. Tell him, you are my vine. I am your branch. I will abide in you. Ah, that's so good. Abide in in Christ by Andrew Murray, as I say, 19th century classic, many copies, many different editions of that available for you online. Encourage you to get one if you don't already have one. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you indeed for this day. May we walk in the full knowledge that you indeed are the vine and we are your branches. May we trust and hope in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. This podcast is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. Don't forget to also subscribe to one of our other podcasts, Curate's Corner with Kim Thomas. Every Friday throughout the season of Lent, join Kim as she looks at the story of Jesus' last week as told through classic art, prayers, and scriptures. You can subscribe to her podcast on all major platforms, including the Village Chapel YouTube channel, and you can find accompanying resources at lent.thevillagechapel.com. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey.